Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Cloud Unfiltered. I'm your hostess, Nikki Acosta. And with us today, we have an awesome guest from the home turf of Cisco. It's Ann McCormick. Ann, introduce yourself. Hello, yes, I'm a tech lead and a software engineer. I work on MetaCloud in Cisco, which is an on-prem cloud solution. And that's Cisco for about 11 years. So. 11 years. And today we want to talk about women in tech. A, a topic near and dear to my heart. We were, we were absolutely. It's go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say absolutely. It's it's something that's becoming much more of a passion of mine as I go farther in my career. And the reason for me is threefold. I've got my own daughter now. She's eight, and so I'm going to be influencing her and and you know trying to geek out with her and get her involved in STEM and things like that. And also, I volunteer with the Women of OpenStack. And I do as a participant, but also as a mentor. And I'm also helping to organize a Girls Who Code club within my local community with six amazing women. We're all kind of tag teaming and doing it. And it's it's just so exciting. And so I'm given opportunity and possibly even a responsibility to influence the next generation. So Ellen Powell came out with a, uh, there was an article in Vox just this week. and. Uh, the the title of the article is Ellen Powell worries that the tech text diversity problem is stuck in raising awareness. I, I want to get your your thoughts on that. Do do you feel like that's where we're stuck? Well, as I'm getting more involved in women in tech and encouraging the next generation, I'm asking myself questions like, have things changed in the last twenty years that I've been in this industry? Unfortunately, I think the answer is no. And so I think I have to agree with Ellen there that we have much more awareness and there's certainly a really big push right now for women in tech. It started with uh, Girls Who Code in 2012. 2015, we had the whole, I look like an engineer thing, right? When, when the woman who was involved in that was accused of being a model as opposed to an engineer, which I, I don't think we all have that problem. <laughs> but, <laughs> But um, it's, it's started to raise more awareness and a lot more women got involved on social media with I look like an engineer. And there's been a lot of media attention on the gender gap and pay inequality. So it's it's a really big hot button issue right now. So so take me back to your early career. Like, how did you get into tech? Were you, you know, the lone female in the class? What was your experience like going all the way back to from when you started? Uh, let's say high school. Um, well, I can start even a little before that. I, I got my first computer when I was 10 I, and I learned to program. I loved it. I, I did sneaky things like in, in basic where I would put in a program and have it conditional on my sister's name. So it would say something like, what's your name? And my sister would come along and put her name in and it would say, well, you suck. You know, <laughs> she'd be like, well, wait a minute. And so she put in my name and it would say, Anne is great, you know, or something <laughs> awful like that. I'm sure I'm going to hell, but <laughs> but I really loved programming and learning basic and um, all throughout. It was just kind of self-taught until I got to the point where I was in my senior year in high school and I won the Rensselaer Math and Science Award for my university. And it was basically a half-price scholarship to go to the school. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm going up to receive my award at awards night. And father of a friend of mine sitting next to me said, oh, what a waste, they're giving that to a girl. 
And for me, it was it was absolutely shocking. And I, I have to give my parents some kudos there because it had never occurred to me that I couldn't do what I was as interested in, you know, like in computers and engineering. Why wouldn't a girl be able to do that? It just never had crossed my mind to the, that there was this bias against it. But right then and there, I was like, you know, I'm going to fight the dinosaurs. You know, I'm going to I'm going to succeed. And, you know, success is the best form of revenge or whatever else. And um, so then you fast forward to college. I, w I ended up taking the scholarship and going to Rensselaer. And I got there starting out in computer engineering. And I looked to my right and I looked to my left and I realized people here who really know a lot about computers. And mine was all self-taught. I didn't have that same experience. And my high school didn't have a very strong computer program. So I started to really question myself, you know, can I really do this? Am I really good enough for this? And started looking at different kinds of engineering and I interested in it. And I mean, fast forward a year, I, I knew eventually circled back and said, no, computers is really what I want to do. And I just need to dig in and push hard and, and make it happen. And, and I did. And I'm so glad I did because it, I love what I do. It's just amazing. What happened after after college? After college, I went right into the workforce. Uh, I worked for a big company for three years, which was awesome. It was a great learning experience. Um, after that, I jumped off to a startup, which tanked. <laughs> it was really fun, but the only lasting thing I got out. So <laughs> we, we met over playing foosball. So that was our big thing. We have a foosball table. It's symbolic um, today. And then so that one tanked. I went over to another startup. Uh, that one was interesting. It was in the virtualization. It was, you know, back before virtualization was really a thing. What they were trying to do is take multiple servers, multiple Intel servers, and run one version of Linux on top of it. If you think about it, that's almost open stacky. It's really just trying to control multiple resources, but it was ahead of its time. So I ended up getting out of there. They didn't tank. They got acquired by Oracle. Uh, and then I came over to Cisco and worked on video for nine years and eventually the cloud opportunity came up and it's it's been incredible so during your career i, I think there's there's probably you know a, a large group of people because i get this uh a lot that that say oh you know well you know these these uh what did ellen powell call them uh micro something micro indignities have have you experienced these micro indignities on your own? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that say, oh, you know, that's like stuff you read about, but it's not a real thing. Well, that's the thing. It's it's interesting because I have and I know people who have. And what I sort of came to realize comes with the territory. You're working in a male-dominated industry and you're not always going to be appreciated for it, right? And people have their own sets of issues that they're bringing to the table. Um, I go and tell people the stories, they're always shocked. And it makes me realize maybe it's not such a micro indignity. Maybe it's kind of a bigger deal than that, you know? So it's, it's just interesting. So I, I brought up the scholarship comments. Um, another thing that I know about a friend of mine told me once when she went to her boss to divulge a pregnancy to him, he said, oh, that's, that's really too bad because I was about to put you on a really big project, but it, that doesn't really make sense now. And uh, it's like, wow, why, why not? You know, it's you would never say that to a man who had, whose wife was expecting a child, right? One time, a friend of mine went to in a performance review, you know, ask what are the next steps to get to that next level, and her boss looked at her and said, you know, 
I think this is a really great time in your life to raise your kids. So I wouldn't worry too much about the promotion. And it's just, you know, looking back, it just kind of makes me go, ah, you know, like, what the hell? But uh, it, it happens. It, this is what I mean by 20 years later, things aren't really that different. Yeah, they, I, I read another article that said that a battle of the sexes emerged 44 years ago, you know, and it's like, has anything really changed that much since then? And, and even further back than that, women's rights actually started before the Civil War, uh, over 170 years ago. And... <laughs> look, it, it's hard. You know, I I, uh, I think you and I agree. I mean, look on one thing. You know, there we're talking about this pre-show, but you know, there seems to be a tendency when in these women in tech circles, there becomes this like kind of this tribalism that happens where it becomes an us versus them, and in any us versus them, there's always a winner and there's always a loser, right? Uh, what do you think about that us versus them debate? Do you see it happening in, in some of the groups that you belong to? And if so, in what ways is it expressed? When I first started um, going to women of OpenStack, getting involved in that I, off meeting that I went to, but it, it was a little bit like, I don't want to say man-hating. It wasn't that severe, but it was definitely us versus them. And, and even as I'm gearing up to be an instructor for girls who code, they use the word sisterhood a lot. And I kind of internally cringe because that makes me feel like we're huddled in a corner supporting ourselves, you know, and, but we're such a small minority. It, it doesn't really help anybody to, to think that way. So I, I think if we're going to succeed, we need to engage the majority in, and all of us bring our strengths to the table and be advocates, you know? Totally agree. I mean, I, I, I've been on panels and hosted panels where you know things can can get off track really quickly, and they're you know it's like one woman after another woman after another woman telling horror stories, and it's like okay, great, like we got it, like and the one thing I always hear is like okay, great, you know you bring up all these problems, what do we do to fix it? That's a that's a very I mean that's the million dollar question, right? So we're aware that there's this big gap. We're aware that. 18% of computer science students are female. The lights. <laughs> that is awesome. I guess it's uh, time to turn out the lights. Can you still see me? I can still see you. Okay, sorry about that. I don't know how to turn them on. That's all right. I'll just sit in the dark. We'll have Podcast. a little fireside chat. <laughs> yes. Great. Um, but also, so 18% of computer science students are women, but also the dropout rate in technology for women is twice as high. So how do you, how do you fix this? How do you go about changing things? Do you, uh, do you, I don't think that's going to get us anywhere. It causes resentment. It causes people to think that somebody's not earning the position that they're in or something like that. So I think you have to have a broad conversation and engage everyone which is part of the awareness, but you also have to realize that people come in all sizes, shapes, and colors, and they have different talents that, that they've been given in life. And if we're going to succeed as a society, we need to engage all of that. I, I agree. I mean, look, it, it is the only benefit to being a woman in tech is there's never a line at the bathroom at a conference. Yeah, I said that before. I'm like, this is the one place I can go where I don't ever, ever, ever have to wait in line. It's usually really clean and nice, and you just walk right in. Uh, I, I, 
I also noticed that, you know, there's always like this kind of like recognition when there's other other women. It's almost like exciting, you know? It's like, oh cool, you know, here's another here's another woman in tech. Like I get to hang out with someone that I know I have something in common with. Uh, and and to OpenStack's yes. <laughs> credit, you know, OpenStack has done a, a really great job of having an actual women in tech uh, movement within the within the foundation that that really does a lot of good work. Um, you're you're a mentor there, correct? What is that program? I about? did start mentoring. two different ones actually. Mentoring program where you could take on a mentor for six months which I participated in. I think there's an echo in here, so I apologize for that, but at least I'm in the light. So, <laughs> um, and then there was also a speed mentoring workshop at one of the summits that I participated in and very valuable experiences for me. Uh, I really enjoyed the, the speed mentoring, which is like, you know, speed dating, but with OpenStack, so it's not nearly ex as exciting, but but it was just so neat to hear the fresh ideas that people have and to encourage it. It wasn't just all women. It was both women and men, but I, I really enjoyed that. And I do kudos to OpenStack for having, for actively supporting women. I, I think that's great. I, I find that um, and a, a lot of times too, when I, when I have done these panels in the past, you know, I usually stick around and talk to the men that are, that are there. I try to, or sometimes they stay and like uh, wait till after the session to ask a question. But, you know, I, I hear the same sort of phrase a lot, which is, man, I'm so glad you're doing this. I have a daughter, dot, dot, dot. You know, like it, it seems like it, it is a, it is not crazy to me that, uh, that a father of who has a daughter would want to make sure that their daughter has a great future ahead of them and that they get to achieve their dreams and that the the cards aren't stacked against them when it comes to things like pay disparity. You know, mm. I, you have a, a son too, yes? I do. And, and do you find yourself, like maybe unconsciously, do you find yourself treating your kids slightly different or, you know, from a young age, did you buy them different things? Did you? You know, was one room pink and one room was blue? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I started off in college taking a women's studies course. And one of the things that we read an article about or that we studied was gender is on us and how much is innate. And so I went into this thinking, okay, you know, it's, it's all pushed upon kids. And then I had a son and he loves to wrestle and he loves boy things. He's a boy boy for sure. And then I, I had a girl who's, she's loves anything shiny. <laughs> she loves pink. She loves really princess kind of stuff. And it's just so funny because I, I never put that on either one of them. But when I saw it in them, I embraced it because I'm like, okay, this is who they are. So actually. And then we get to things like the Google memo, which, you know, they're who yeah. <laughs> you get like biological claims of I mean, look, there's a lot of people, though, who who agree with his sentiment or don't find it that disturbing um, or what have you, you know, um, what were your what was your take on that? I think I think what it ultimately is, is based on insecurity. But unfortunately, the amount of attention it got, and as you say, some people do agree with that, it's it's almost like an excuse to not solve the problem. You know, like 
okay, so women aren't biologically capable of being technical. We, we have this disadvantage and we're never going to be as good. Okay. I mean, if you really think that way, then you probably feel a little better about yourself if you're a male in the technology industry. And it's, uh, it's actually kind of shocking that that attitude still exists. Cause like I said, with the whole, when I was going up to get that scholarship, I'm like, I'm going to fight the dinosaurs. But I thought all the dinosaurs were old and they're not, they're still there. They're young. They're coming out of college with this attitude. And it, it just kind of strikes me to the core. I, I agree with you on that insecurity thing. I think anytime it seems like anyone else is getting any kind of advantage, it automatically puts you at a disadvantage. And mm -hmm. you know, there's, there is the whole like, well, Hey, if you can't beat them, join them attitude. There's also a, Hey, we're better together attitude. But for some reason it's not expressed that way. And, and you know, I, I understand that there are people who feel like because of their, you know, skin color or because, you know, they have an accent or because they're white, that they are uh, going to have different advantages or disadvantages than someone else. So it seems mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know how to reconcile this because, you know, I understand how there are men that feel like, well, hey, you know, how come all these people get, you know, these courses and, and these extra classes and I don't even have that opportunity? Mm -hmm. you know? Absolutely. You have to be careful not to swing too far the other way and because it, it's not fair, right? If you start giving women the advantage, then what does that mean for men who are just as talented, just as qualified, maybe even more so? It, it's not fair. So I think you have to straddle that line carefully. So what would you, what do you, what do you say to your mentees? I mean, surely like in the, in the topics that come up, one of them surely must be like, Hey, what, what is it like to be you in a male dominated, male dominated industry? Like, what do you say to them? You know, it's funny. And I think you had asked me this. Um, am I even in back in college? Was I in the minority, like big time, like how many women were there? It was like about a quarter, I think, to start with of women in engineering school. And it's been much less than that in my career. Um, is that when I walk in, when I walk into a, a meeting, a room full of male engineers at one of these summits or a, at work or whatever, I don't go in thinking I'm a female engineer. I'm different. You know, I, I don't lead with my gender. I walk in thinking, you know, these are my, this is my tribe. These are my people, you know, <laughs> and whether they feel that or not, I mean, that's up to them. But I, I truly think that it's the, the common denominator in, in what I do is just the love of technology. So if somebody has that passion, I don't think it should matter so much what the attitudes are that you have to, to deal with. And, I, and maybe that's a little naive to say that because there are, there are things that can hold you back, obviously, if it's pushed upon you, but you have to be bigger than that. I took a, um, a training course for women. And one of the things that they said was that whether you realize it or not, whether you're actively trying to be an example as a woman in, te as a woman in technology, you already are an example. And so in a way, it's almost like you have to own your brand and decide what you want your legacy to be. You're putting yourself out there because you already are. So it's very interesting. That's great words of advice. And, and as far as solutions, like, you know, what, what can you do? I mean, you, people will say like, oh, you know, quotas. Like, I don't want a job because, you know, I'm, I, 
can check a, a box that I'm a minority or a woman like I want a job because it's I'm good at what I what I do you know mm -hmm. but how do we how do we fix this like I, I, I it's hard to know because I don't, I don't have a feel for when it even starts happening it seems like it's conditioned I, I would agree with you there and I, I don't think forcing things is the way to go but but I think the only well the only other solution I can think of off the cuff is is time uh, and being an example we got to get out there and be kick-ass leaders we got to get out there and know our stuff and be technological and let people witness that and realize women can do this too you know it's not a biological thing it's it's an inclination for technology and but unfortunately that approach takes a very long time it's exposure it's and not all of us are going to be thinking about this all the time right so i don't know maybe maybe in a way we we could do things that could invite bias i'm not sure but have you have you ever in your career talked to a manager who you felt had either consciously or unconsciously inflicted one of these micro indignities on you? <laughs> consciously or unconsciously? Yes, I have. And what is that conversation like? Because it takes guts to do that. To push back? Sure. Uh, well, let's see. I'm trying to think if I, if I ever actually verbalized it. <laughs> it might have been one of these, like, what the hell? You know, you go home and kick the dog or something. <laughs> I would never do that. I would never I'm do looking, that. I'm looking at my dogs in the corner going, they didn't hear it. Okay, I would not kick a dog, I swear. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm definitely getting bolder and getting word face there in my career so if something like that happened to me now it was those kinds of things were in my younger years and when I was first starting out and I would say if it happened now yeah I'm probably gonna hand it back to you and it's probably not gonna be comfortable <laughs> but but I would do it in a in a non-aggressive way because I think that that only invites the bias that I'm hoping to prevent or hoping to change so, I mean, because we have all heard this, that when a woman speaks up and she's, she's I, I almost said aggressive myself, but when she's considered aggressive, it's, oh, you're being bitchy, you know, oh, you're, you're overly aggressive. It's not, it's not as seen as assertive, it's seen as something negative. So, so for me, in order to change the bias, I think it's important not to come across that way. You know, I don't have to be up on a rooftop banging my chest saying, I'm a woman, hear me roar, or something like that, or or knitting a pussycat hat and, and marching in, in, <laughs> in January on Washington. Not that that's bad if anybody does that, I'm just not an activist type. But um, I, think, I think we need to be the change that we wanna see, you know? Yeah, I do. I mean, look, I've, I've had uncomfortable conversations with folks. Uh, and it's 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 never easy, you know. And, and I think, too. I mean, look, we we have to take the uh, the sexual harassment training, right? I mean, you know, all the all the guys roll their eyes. Ugh, guess what? I roll my eyes too. You know, like sitting through <laughs> sitting through like an hour of online training with really poor examples Ugh. isn't fun for anybody. Uh, but at at the same time, I think it it almost in a way, you know could have a, a negative effect if the examples are always, you know, a male 
harassing a female, for example, you know, it, it kind of only reinforces the idea that it can't be the other way around. And so I don't know what the answer is either. You know, anytime I think about, you know, pay equity, it seems like you know there were the the previous administration was pretty pretty firm on wanting folks to to disclose uh, the pay uh, between mm -hmm. between males and, and females and others uh, and I I, I felt I feel like we've stepped back a little bit on that and it's unfortunate because I think there's a way to do that to where it doesn't have to be you know completely full disclosure you know whatever name address. Social Security number, blah blah blah, but but I think you know I think people generally know it's true. People who research it find the same thing. You know, other people will say, oh well, you know, she left and had a baby and was gone, so she didn't get her full pay, so that doesn't count. I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. The only thing I can do, I think, is just inspire younger generations, you know, to to do to do what they're passionate about. Absolutely, but I think also prepare them for some of the things that they're going to encounter so that it's not such a shock to them. I wanted to mention something about the pay disparity because you, you mentioned that. So that was the fair pay and safe workplaces order uh, that Obama brought about and it was revoked in April. And I would actually, it was a chance to get all the cards on the table and to see see the extent of the, the issue because we know it's bad, but maybe it's worse, you know, <laughs> but, but now that's not going to be necessary. So I think we took a step back there. And, and why do you think women don't get paid the same? Because oh, they don't ask for it? Because I hear that a lot. I hear it's, uh, well, you know, they don't ask for it. Uh, I have a couple reactions to that. And this is just my own personal opinion. Um, are seen as the breadwinners. So they're the ones who bring home the bacon and and so they're the primary source of income for the family which is no longer true as we know but i think that that will be there but also um, it's not just women who have had children or are pregnant it's it's the potential to have children sometimes that I think can actually hold people back because the assumption is, okay, you're a really great worker now, you're really dedicated, but someday you're going to be split between your family and work and you're going to be less productive. So it just makes sense to pay you 70%, you know, it, but it's, it's just really unfortunate because as we know, men are perfectly capable of having a family and having a career and balancing that. And, and so are women. So it's, it's sort of shocking to me that attitudes could still exist, but I, I think perhaps they do they totally do I mean I I uh, look my my mom has asked me oh what does he do you know like we start dating someone what does he do that's always <laughs> the first question I'm like oh, that's your first question like I don't know maybe it's her icebreaker or whatever but uh, but I do feel like you know there, there is uh, somewhat of a generational gap between myself and my mom and my grandmother you know they both stayed home to raise kids from a really young age. Both of them ended up working, you know, for the school district in administrative roles and, you know, worked there until they both retired. You know, they, they never went to college. They never, you know, had a career. My grandmother took that back in the day, I guess they used to give you like a test and the, te the output of the test would determine 
what kind of career you would have. And so my grandmother took a test and she was recruited by the CIA. Uh, but, at, <laughs> but at the time, she, uh, you know, her mom was uh, a single mom and she had three younger brothers and sisters that she had to take care of, God rest her soul. So, you know, she uh, ended up staying home and hanging out and, and working for the Bell Telephone Company in San Francisco uh, forever and then had kids, you know, she was an army wife. So even, you know, talking to, I'll say, you know, my immediate family, like, I, I don't think they really even kind of, kind of grasp, you know, I, uh, another person in my family recently, I was telling him that I, I wanted to, uh, potentially, you know, get a master's degree. And he was like, well, why do you want to do that? You know? And I was like, look, you know, I'm a woman in tech, you know, I'm sure it would, it would be a, a good, box to check and I would learn something. It would be fun. And he's like, what? I thought there's like laws against, you know, that kind of stuff for people when it comes to hiring. And, you know, it's not, it's not a good old boys club, is it? <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't even know how to answer that. You know, like anytime you're a minority, <laughs> like, hey, it happens. But I, I really, you know, I, I really do see it changing. You know, I have a lot of friends who have really small children and their children uh, love Minecraft. You know, what they might build might be a little bit different, but the capability to build stuff is the same between their sons and daughters. And I think that's, that's awesome. I mean, kids these days are, regardless if you're male or female, they're growing up with technology, which is really awesome. Mm-hmm. I just want to say from now on, I'm going to think of your grandmother as a CIA operative. I hope you don't mind, but I just love that image. <laughs> she was a badass. Yeah, she was pretty cool. She was, you know, there were times when she would call me and I would, I was like, I was in college and she would call me and she would say, and something bad would be happening in my life, like a relationship breakup or whatever. And she would call me and say, what's going on? And I was just like, how does she know? How does she know? She always knows. Uh, yeah, she had your phone tapped. I mean, yeah, it's something, man. You know, she she was sharp, but it it, it is interesting, you know. <laughs> and, and she freely admits it. You know, she says, you know, back in my day, women didn't date, you know, that much, you know, and you know they they would have to ask parents for permission, and you know, all this other stuff. And I, and I think that's changing now. I think just just walls in general have come down because of the internet. Like, there's just so much information. Anyone can post anything, and I'm hoping that that kind of disclosure like yeah we got the awareness box checked but what do we do from here you know uh and and i've talked to rafi cardali who you know uh who who was a he's a, a leader at cisco he and i have talked about this a lot you know he wants to make sure that you know in the list of candidates that they're actively looking for women candidates too or you know instituting some kind of like you know, blind resume reading where you're obscuring mm. someone's name. Um, there's a, a story about uh, two women in a startup and they couldn't get people to respond to them, but they changed the name to a male name and people would write them all day long. And it's just those like little things that I think people may do subconsciously, maybe because their own relationships and how they've grown up just don't, aren't really even conscious of it. You know, there was something in the Huffington Post, it was back in March, where a man and a woman with similar jobs, and I forget which industry they were in, but they swapped email addresses for two weeks. Saw it. Yes. And and at the end of it, it was, I think it was so enlightening for the man because he realized how much he was up against with a with a female name, you know? 
And uh, for the woman, she was like, well, this, I think it was just kind of confirmed what she, what she already knew. But I hear that in the, um, in the open source industry as well. Uh, if a woman puts out a code review, she's less likely to have it approved if, it's known, if her gender is known. Whereas if she has like a username where you can't tell, it's, it's going to go in easier. I've had my code much more scrutinized because they know that I'm a woman. I mean, I can't prove that, but I, you know. You suspect it. I suspect. Man. Well, man. <laughs> well, one thing I wanted to say, you mentioned the career aptitude test in high school. This is just a funny story. So I took that and they're asking questions like, do you like working outside? Do you, do you like working with your hands? And they end up telling me I should be a farmer. <laughs> so. Wow. I have to say, I do like gardening now as a, as a hobby. So <laughs> maybe they were on I don't know. Look, I think times are changing. I saw the first uh, Marine officer pass the course. That's yes. really cool. So even in, you know, these sort of physically demanding jobs, I think there's, there's more examples than there used to be for sure, mm -hmm. which is great. Even if they're not trying to be examples, there are definitely more examples. Oh, that's what I mean. I think, I think that's how we, we create the change is just by leading with confidence and being ourselves. And I think you had mentioned when we were uh, talking before the, the session that sometimes people feel like they can't be their authentic self in order to succeed. And I think that that's all just backwards. We, we need to be thinking with all of our brains and all of our differences and, and embrace that, you know? Yeah, I think there's a, a common misconception that, uh, that women see themselves as victims in this industry, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I, mm -hmm. and I push back on that a little bit because, you know, even though I recognize that there's unfairness, I don't, and, and I don't think you do either. I don't think we walk around, you know, feeling like victims, like, you know, where it totally consumes us and all we do is walk around and stomp our feet and say, that's not fair. Like that doesn't happen. Oh gosh. No, not at all. I, and I was going to actually put that in as a disclaimer in the beginning of this in case I went too negative is that I consider myself to be incredibly lucky and I'm, I have a career beyond my wildest dreams and it's enabled so many things for me. So I'm not sitting around saying this is unfair or I'm a victim of pay disparity because I, I don't believe that I am, you know, it's just that I'm encouraging other people to come into that's, that's what I want to change. And those, what did you call it? The micro micro indignities, the micro indignities. Yes. Those need to stop. I think, look, if you if you are a, a man working in tech and you're wondering, like, you know, maybe you're thinking, like, oh, this doesn't apply to me, bad dog, or maybe you're thinking, like, oh man, am I? Do I do this? Like, even without thinking about it, you know, it would be really cool if there was like a tool that you could run like your emails through or your tweets through or something that would show you like, kind of like measure the the tone, you know the tone of voice of the words that you use or the lengths of your emails with, you know male sounding names versus female sounding names or whatever, or neutral sounding names. But until that mm -hmm. exists, like, you know, I, I think it, it's just uh, being conscious of the issue is a, is a good start. You know, what comes next? I don't know. You know, maybe it's a political thing or it's going to become a political thing. Maybe it's a, a social thing. You know, something in me tells me though, that, you know, the, the, the gap is unsustainable and it doesn't mean that people are, going to lose out it just means that the you know the, the field is getting bigger there's going to be different people coming in i don't think i think there's a lot of people like the the google guy who just felt like you know this isn't fair um 
because he mm -hmm. felt like you know someone else's advantage in turn meant it was a disadvantage to him. And I don't I don't look at it that way. I see it as you know that the, that the opportunity is bigger and that it should should just be more inclusive of people who are different. Absolutely, and as you know, our, our industry is worldwide now. It's global. It's not just a single country. Us ourselves. It's there's people of all different and beliefs and attitudes and it's much more global race is part of all this I think you brought that up at one point it's similar issues along with that so it's just it's we're competing globally and we need to realize that and kind of unite instead of divide totally so as a as a woman I'll put it out there if there's ever a man that wants to talk to me about this or ask me a question if they think they were you know maybe you did something in a situation that someone saw was was perceived the wrong way or whatever like I want to put it out there like ask me like privately we can keep it between us like I don't want I don't want men to be afraid of even bringing it up with women or you know being able to like sanity check a response like I feel like there's there's been this like line drawn where it's like, you know, maybe something happened, but you just have to like sweep it on the rug. I think that's happening on both sides. And so I'm hoping that if there are men that are listening to this and they're wondering like if they're if, if they need like a, a sanity check that they can that they can come to me and hopefully you too, just to kind of to get a different opinion. Oh, absolutely! It would be so amazing to to have that kind of to be able to give that kind of feedback because then now we're starting to solve the problem, you know? And, and to go into it without making judgments or anything like that would be amazing. Totally, yeah. I mean, look, I think there's a lot of people who just will assume that if something happens and something goes wrong that the other person was being too sensitive, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like that, that assumption to begin with, without kind of understanding, I think context is everything. Intent is everything. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not gonna be mad at someone if they do something but they didn't intend to, to have a, a, a negative reaction. Like, I always try to understand intent. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and you don't always know. So maybe maybe we can't assume that it was malicious or something like that, or, or maybe it's too easy to say, oh, that happened because I'm a woman, but maybe it was actually just personal. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so communication, I think that's yeah. one way to fix it. Yeah, let's not, let's stop like, you know, with the, the, the victim stuff or the us versus them stuff like if we're and look kudos there are plenty of men out there doing really great work to try to to have more diverse teams that are bringing up women that are mentoring women and to those men man I salute you because I've had a couple of those mentors in my life uh, recently and it's awesome it's awesome to have those people in your life oh absolutely I have had some amazing managers that I've learned so much from and have totally supported me in my career so I'm and with that, I think uh, the family's <laughs> home. So is there anything else you want to close out with? This has been great. It's been really refreshing and just to have like a real unfiltered conversation. You know, I think <laughs> we all want it to be better. I've really enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's funny because when I was thinking up a topic that I could talk, talk about on, on your uh, podcast, it would have been so much easier to talk about technology, <laughs> to, to kind of hide behind the technology and not talk about a woman's issue or something touchy-feely. But I'm... I'm really glad that we dove in and we're not going to all look at that. <laughs> we're not going to solve all the problems, but I think we keep have to keep on having these conversations. 
I, I agree. And yeah, she, she, the reason why she said, oh, if you're listening, my, my dog was barking, so I had to put him in my lap. Uh, but but yes, I agree with you 100%. And I look, I think the, I think it is changing. I think it's, you know, like you said, a few steps forward, a couple steps back. Uh, but but ultimately, I, I do see they're all changing. And there's going to be times when it's, you know, things are different. I think that's okay. But I, I don't think different is always bad. And I And I also think that, you know, this awareness has created so much sensitivity just to the issue at large mm -hmm. that people just don't even want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm hoping that, you know, if, if there's someone that's listening to this, that they they don't feel like they can't talk about it. We, we oh, absolutely. If that's what we can get out of this is the ability to open up a dialogue, that would be amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks awesome. for that. And you are awesome. And where can people find you? Are you going to be doing any speaking sessions soon? Twitter account, that kind of stuff. Oh, I do have a Twitter account. Although, of course, I don't have it handy. Give me one second. But I'm also <laughs> on link LinkedIn. Let me look up Twitter. And it's Anne McCormick, MC capital C, correct? No space in between. Your name is not that uncommon, by the way. I was looking, I was yes, looking for Anne McCormick. There's a few of you. <laughs> okay. Okay, so my Twitter handle is amccormi4, A-M-C-C-O-R-M-I-4. And we can find you in the uh, Women of OpenStack stuff and... Yeah. Yeah. So thank Absolutely. you for, for joining us. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I, I've really appreciated it. Me too. Everyone say bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's adorable. <laughs> Bye.